1: And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Welcome to the CBS Eye on Money show. It's Thursday, November 10th, and we are here answering financial questions. And by we, I mean Mark Talercio, who is the executive producer, and he is the co-host of this show. Hello, Mark. How are you feeling today?
2: I'm feeling well. We have, uh, we're almost done with this week. Then we have next week. And then it's Thanksgiving week.
1: I can't even believe it. You got, you've got you got your confit legs.
2: Well, the order has been placed. I will pick that up the day before Thanksgiving.
1: And are you going to do the parade this year or not?
2: <laughs> I don't think so. I think we did it last year. Maybe we'll do it in another couple of years.
1: Uh-huh. All right. Just checking just checking. I am trying to figure out what we're going to do because we're going to have my mom because my mom's partner passed away. And so we didn't want her to be alone. And my sister's going to her in-laws. And now we're really, we're talking about like, where should we go for uh, a restaurant? So of course my mother, she's like, I don't care. (laughs) like, well, it is Thanksgiving. We should do something nice. I don't care. I don't care. So uh, I don't know. We'll have to think about it.
2: Well, you know, a a lot of people do Chinese meals on Thanksgiving, just saying.
1: I mean, I'm sort of into that. I could totally do that. But you know what my mother says, though? You know what my mother's theory on life is? If it's south of Saks Fifth Avenue, then it's
2: downtown.
1: So she does not like going south of South Saks Fifth Avenue.
2: You have the uh, Han Dynasty up near you.
1: I know. I love that place. It's so funny. Like, I have friends and they're like, oh, no, Red Farm, Red Farm, Red Farm. And I'm like, I like Han Dynasty. I think it's good.
2: Oh, I agree. I'm a big fan of Han Dynasty.
1: All right. This is the program that attempts to take the mystery out of your financial life. Tell us about what your Thanksgiving plans are looking like. Today, we've got Kristen, who's on the line from the great Midwest of the United States. Hi, Kristen. How are you? Good. Hi, Jill. Hi, Mark. How are you doing? We are well. What's going on? What can we do for you? Well,
0: I'm basically taking a look at my money plan. So, um, I've kind of had the same plan since I uh, started working full-time after college. And just kind of set it and forget it. But I'm starting to think that maybe I have a little more risk than I need to. Um, I tend to, if I get any any money in savings, I always want to invest it immediately. Um, so I just want to make sure that I'm not maybe investing too riskily and, and basically understand if, if I'm making good decisions with my money.
1: I'm just going to let Kristen, tell a little bit of her story because as I read her email, it's just insane in how fantastic she is. So I'm just going to let I'm going to go through my normal thing without getting too excited. I want to give away the farm right now. Kristen, tell us a little bit about yourself. Do you have a partner? are You single?
0: I'm single. I'm 29. Been working since I graduated college. Um, just been saving uh, since then and. Basically, I, I don't own a home, so that keeps things kind of simple. I've been mm-hmm. renting that whole time, but uh, just been doing the normal post-grad type thing. <laughs> okay. How much do you earn? Um, I earn 135000
1: How much of that do you put into a retirement account?
0: I try to max out every year um, my retirement account, so my 401k and then uh, my Roth
1: IRA. Is your 401k a pre-tax or is it a Roth
0: um, before I had pre-tax, but now I have availability to Roth, or Roth 401k, so I've been
1: contributing to that. Okay. And so 100% of your contribution is now going into the Roth 401k? Correct. Yes. So you're putting 20500 into your Roth, and then you're also putting in the six grand into a Roth IRA? Correct. Yeah. You don't spend a lot of money. What's your rent? Really cheap. It's about $800 a month. Wait a second. a month. No, no wonder you don't buy. That's a, are you like staying with a family member? Is that, is that really what the rent is in your town?
0: It's just, yeah, it's just that great
1: Midwest rent. Wow. (laughs) God. All right. So far that you've now put money away for these eight years. uh, How are you doing? How much have you accumulated? Hang on to your hat gang, 29 years old, 135 grand a year. How much do you have in retirement savings? In retirement,
0: uh, I've got um, 171000 in a Roth IRA, um, $209,000 in a traditional IRA that was from rollovers from previous job from 401Ks. My current 401K, I just switched jobs is 4000 And then I have about 217 in brokerage accounts. That's not retirement, though. <laughs> That's okay.
1: Can I just have a second here? Mark, do you have a bell? I mean, are you kidding me?
2: On a nice salary, but not making a ton of money.
1: Yeah, it's just that your expenses are really low. I guess that's the issue. And you're a good saver. How did you become such a good saver? Do you come from good savers? Yeah, I think my family are pretty good savers.
0: I don't know. It's just, uh, I think when I graduated and I started making my own money, I just was like,
1: I want to keep as much of this as possible. (laughs) I didn't want it to all fly out the window. So This must be a millennial thing. It's good. I mean, fantastic, actually. So, all right, right now... You're able to put away all this money into retirement. You're also putting money into a brokerage account. Is that what's happening?
0: Um, right. Yeah. Once I max out the other accounts, I've just been throwing the money in the brokerage account. How much does that usually amount to on an
2: annual basis, would you guess?
0: Um, about fifteen to 20,000. Good Lord.
2: She's saving 45 to 50 grand a year
1: on a $135,000 salary. I mean, I know your rent is really cheap, but do you, uh, do you like where you live? Do you feel like, oh, I really want to buy something? Or do you not? Do you not care about it? It's something I've been
0: going back and forth on. I, I like where I live in some ways. Um, there aren't a lot of options um, if you have pets in this area for renting. So, What kind of pets do you have? I have a dog.
1: What kind of dog? Um, a Cavalier Spaniel. Oh, so cute—a Cavalier King Charles, adorable.
2: Isn't that the dog from Sex and the City?
1: Exactly. I knew you were going to go right there. It's Charlotte. It's it's Elizabeth Taylor. Uh huh. All right. So you're happy where you are. The dog is happy where you are. No home yet. I mean, you could obviously buy a home. Do you, have you looked at all, or not really?
0: I have looked um, and was really close to buying a home a couple of times over the past couple years. Um, But I I think the part that's been holding me back is I just really like the renting lifestyle. I like not having to maintain things. So I don't know if that will always stay the same. So I want to have the ability to buy a home in the future. But I
1: don't I don't know that that's going to be in my short term future. Okay, how happy are you at work? You just said you have a new job. So is that going well?
0: Yeah, I, I like it. I, I hope to stay in in like the tech field for for a while at least. Um, mm-hmm. Although so, I like the idea of maybe doing something a little different, maybe later in my career and having a second career too. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with bite clear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, "What's your secret?"
1: You spend no money. You're saving a ton of money. What's the problem here? What's the question? I'm, exci- I'm I'm sort of intrigued by what could possibly be kicking around in your brain as a as an issue for you to consider right now.
0: Yeah. Well. Well, here's the thing. So, I, I out of all of those accounts. Um, that you know all those investments, I have everything 100% in uh, stock. <laughs> um, I don't have any bonds, and so you know early on in my car- you know career, and I was just starting to save. It seemed like oh, I'll just throw everything in there, so I don't have to rebalance every year. Mm-hmm. Um, but now I'm starting to think like oh, I, now I'm you know I see it go down with the, you know, obviously what's going on with the stock market now and. I think my risk tolerance is pretty high, but at the mm-hmm. same time, I, I think well, maybe that's going to shoot me in the foot. Maybe I need to have a little more balance and more more cash potentially too, because I don't have a lot in savings right now. Because like I mentioned, why is that? I, the,
1: I mean, you're like a huge saver, no savings. I have trouble watching it just sit there and not accumulate anything. So <laughs> How much money's in the emergency reserve, Kristen? Um,
0: right now I have 8000 that I have tagged for emergency, and then I have 6000 that's the starting of savings for my next car. But I guess if you add it up, it's 14000
1: What do you think your expenses are a month? Uh, my expenses are about 3000 a month. I think she's light on emergency reserve. I hate to say that because you're in such great shape. I mean, you don't have to take money out of your brokerage account and put it into savings. But I wouldn't mind if on the next go round, when you're throwing some cash into the brokerage account, I wouldn't mind there being more like six months of your expenses socked away, especially because I know you're going to, you say you're going to need another car. You know what I mean? I wouldn't mind that being a little bit fuller in terms of just, you know, I think it would be prudent. I think it might make you actually feel a tiny bit better Um, You're putting the money into the Roth. You're putting money into your 401k. That's all great. And again, I'm not saying liquidate the stock position. Mark, what do you think about the allocation?
2: A little risky, a little risky. I would definitely have some fixed income in there.
1: And it might be worth it to do it in the retirement account, right?
2: Well, that's certainly easy. No tax implication. Instead of maybe putting everything into the stock position in the brokerage account, maybe put in a bond fund there and you can just start throwing cash into the bond fund instead of having to sell off the stock and take the hit.
1: Yeah, that's what I think. And you know, the neat thing about that, Kristen, is that bonds are down, like the, the, the you know, aggregate bond indexes are down like 14% this year. So it's not like you should feel like, oh, I'm buying something at a high, like you're buying things on sale in both asset classes. So I wouldn't be, I, I agree. I, I would rather, I think that, look, I'm on the record saying that I am just an incredible wimp. I really am. So if you're not bothered by this, you can do this slowly and get your allocation to 90-10 or 80-20. And I think that would actually serve you well. It's almost like a good, like best practices. You know, how do you feel about that? Yeah, I, I think that that sounds like a good plan. <laughs> and do you have any besides the car? And we know you're not doing a house. There's no other cash needs that are coming up in the next couple of years, right? No, no, nothing. Nothing
2: big purchase or anything.
1: I don't know, girl. I think you are in great shape. I really do. Mark, is there anything else to add here?
2: So, what are you throwing into the brokerage account on a monthly basis? Like, I don't know, what fifteen hundred dollars?
0: Yeah, about about that twelve hundred to fifteen hundred, maybe.
2: So instead of putting it into the S and P, you know, I, I would just add a bond fund to your portfolio and start building it up.
1: Where the where is the um uh the retirement account, the uh, Roth IRA, and the uh, brokerage account? Where are those held? Um, they're in Vanguard. Then just do like you know an intermediate term bond fund. It's easy peasy. And I would like you to beef up that emergency reserve just a little.
2: And I, I you know, your retirement accounts, like Jill said, you know, ten percent bonds, twenty percent bonds. Brokerage account, maybe make it a little bit more conservative. If you think you might need some of that cash down the line, you know, maybe you change your mind, you want to buy a house and you need to tap into it. Maybe make it a little bit more conservative, maybe thirty percent bonds.
0: Oh, okay. I, I had wondered that too. That that whether that account should be a little bit different, and that kind of leads me to another question about. So, if I were to want to buy a house and pull out from that account from a for a down payment, or maybe if I wanted to go back to school. Not in the near future, but, but you know, maybe five, ten years down the line. Mm-hmm. What what would the approach be in terms of? I, I guess I don't understand what the tax implications would be oh. if I pulled that oh. out because I'm okay. kind of close to the. I know I'm close to the Roth contribution limit with my current income being single, so right. I just wondered if.
1: Well, I mean, there's a couple things that you can do. You know, first of all, let's just pretend that you're now going to move beyond the Roth limit. You will not have a Roth contribution as a separate Roth IRA. Let's just pretend you will not have that available to you, right? Max out your Roth 401k and then put the money in the brokerage account. Big deal. I mean, it's not as good as the Roth IRA, but since you're going to be putting so much money into retirement anyway, I don't think that that's a bad idea. But I think Mark has the right thought process in that, you know, you may need to tap some of that money in the brokerage account for a home or for school, as you said. And as you come closer to thinking about, all right, I really want to get serious about buying a house. That's the point where you need to say, okay, what kind of house am I looking at? I'm going to make it up $300,000 house, I need to put 20% down. I presume that by the time you're really looking at buying homes that hopefully mortgage rates have come down some. But, you know, it may be a case where you say, well, um, you know, I'll have to pay some capital gains tax on the money that I have made in this account. So you understand how capital gains works? I think so. <laughs> okay. Well, I'll just do a little refresher. It's very easy to do. So, When you buy something, it goes up in value, hopefully. And when you are claiming long-term capital gains, meaning like you've held your Vanguard S&P 500 fund, let's say it's five years. When you're single, and this is based on today's tax code, if you earn up to about $460,000, you owe a 15% long-term capital gains rate. So big deal. You, you Make sure that you put that money in cash because we don't want you to be looking for a home and having the money at risk. Or if you said, I'm going to go back to school, then you say, all right, well, here's a year of tuition. I'm going to get that out of the account. I'm going to make sure I have the tax payment set up, ready to go. And I have the money for the tuition. And that's it. That's all you have to do. And you think about 15% tax is pretty reasonable. So if you're earning right now for everyone listening, if you're single and you earn less than $200,000, you're in a 15% Long-term capital gains bracket. If you earn more than two hundred thousand, you're if you're like two hundred to four sixty, you're still fifteen percent. But there's this weird extra charge that goes on top of it, which is called a Medicare surtax. So let's say pretend Kristen made two hundred fifty thousand dollars in the year that she's selling some of these assets. She essentially has a fifteen percent. Long-term capital gains rate plus 3.8% because she makes over 200000 It's very confusing. But anyway, it's just an extra tax. But, you know, whatever. It's less than 20%. And that's a pretty damn good deal when you think about long-term capital gains rates. You know, Kristen, before you were born, 29 years ago, we used to have capital gains rates, which were basically the same as income tax brackets. So in other words, it would be as if you said, well, you know, you're single, you know how like you're in a 24% top bracket, that 24% would be what you pay in capital gains when you sell, st- when you would sell stuff. So think about how, what a good deal that is. Now you're only going to, you're going to pay less than 20%. And you can finance your education. You can finance your car. You can finance a home. You'll be, you're in great shape. Is there anything else we can do for you, Kristen? No, thanks so much. I appreciate it. If you have a financial question, go to JillOnMoney.com. Click the Contact Us button. Click the Contact Us button. Write out your email. And at the bottom of that, there's a little box. And that box says, would you like to join us on the air live? If you say yes, Then Mark will do the rest. He'll get you on the air. It's so easy. While you're on the website, you can check out all of our other content. We've got another podcast. It's called Jill on Money. We've got a radio show. It's called Jill on Money. We've got a blog. We've got videos. You can pre-order the new book, which is called The Great Money Reset. All of that is at the jillonmoney.com website. So that would be so cool if you did anything like that. Just access the information mark talercio is the co-host and the executive producer of this show we are distributed by paramount global we drop our episodes on tuesdays and thursdays try to lift someone up today curiosity compassion community thanks for listening we'll talk to you next week